0: Welcome to the Mindful Meathead podcast. My name is Emily and I will be your host for this podcast. I'm an IFBB pro bodybuilder and I have been coaching clients since 2007. So you can imagine that I have seen hundreds of unnecessary mistakes and diet trends in the fitness industry. This podcast is created to break down and simplify methods and tools that are used to get you to your ideal physique. In this podcast, I'll also touch on the value of mindset and how it can drastically aid in getting you to those results that you seek. So put in your headphones, get your walking shoes on because class is in session, my friends. Hello, hello. Happy what will be Saturday when you all listen to this. So today is friday and i'm actually in montana i'm from arizona in montana having a nice little vacation which i usually never take off of work um so it's actually really nice um to just you know kind of do what i want to do not have to stress so much um but of course obviously i wanted to do this podcast i actually enjoy them because once again i like to talk so (laughs) this is a great outlet for that um, so today I want to talk about maybe some extra tools, um, with progressive overloads. I think people are very zoned in and have this tunnel vision when it comes to how to move forward with progressive overloads within their workouts. And they miss on some pretty amazing tools, um, or they don't push for, these little extra bits of tips that I'm, bits of tips um, that I'm going to give you all. So what, let me just kind of recap, reverse here. Let me recap what progressive overloads are. So this is basically when a person is trying to improve or push harder in the gym week after week, with the same movement patterns or the same exercises to be a little more specific. Um, So basically week after week, you're going in doing the same workouts and you're trying to improve. It is a method of training that acts as a support for a gradual increase of the stress that we place upon our muscles and that we place upon our nervous system. So continually trying to progress, which makes sense because it's called progressive overloads. Um so our body is actually very smart you all. Um our body adapts very quickly especially when we are putting stress on it when it comes to our gym workouts. We have our I like to explain it this way. So hopefully it makes sense it's not super scientific. So usually we go into the gym, work out really hard, we're pushing ourselves, you can feel it in your muscles, you can feel it in your body, you're pushing yourself. You go home when your body is resting and relaxing, it thanks you know what? I really didn't like that stress I was put under today. It was extremely uncomfortable and I don't want to deal with it again. So I'm going to repair my muscles, repair my body in a way that it can now take that sort of disturbance that has been given to me. Um, so it builds itself up maybe a little bit stronger if you want to say just so that it can deal with the stress that you're putting on it in the gym and this is why we have to continuously try to push because your body is going to continuously try to repair itself so it can take and handle that stress that you're putting on it this is why we look at progressive overloads this is why we look at week after week trying to push ourselves out of our comfort zone because our body adapts very very quickly it does not like that disturbance to homeostasis. It wants to be comfortable. It wants that happy place. So this is why we have to look at pushing it week after week. Now, when I say week after week, how many weeks am I talking about? When it comes to workout training blocks um, and trying to put some sort of progressive load in there, it's honestly, each coach is a little different. Um, I find a sweet spot at like seven, eight weeks for my clients. A lot of people do like four weeks, five weeks. And it's, it's so hard because the first couple of weeks, for sure the first week, but the first couple of weeks, your body is just trying to adapt to movement patterns. It's trying to adapt to different skills. So the chances of you truly pushing your body at that point in time Are probably a little bit lower because you're just trying to get comfortable with movement patterns. Sometimes it even takes two weeks for the body to do that. So, for you to truly push in there with some, with full intensity and week after week trying to improve, it's going to take you some weeks. So, if you're only doing a four week training block, the first two weeks, you're just getting used to movement patterns. So, are you really giving yourself enough time to continuously push to progress and build up this sort of? extra superhuman strength, um, when you're going through a workout, mm, probably not because by the time your training box done, you're just getting used to the intensity of a workout movement pattern, whatever you're trying to develop. So I like to say seven, eight weeks. And I say that because one thing that I do think is very underutilized. I think a lot of people, um, coaches in majority, um, when they're trained, when they're putting in training blocks for someone, they think, okay, my client got to week six, they got to week seven. Now let's go to a new training block. I don't like that method because I think if someone is still progressing and they're still showing that their body is adapting and improving in a training block, push it another week, push it another two weeks. Like you don't, you want to make use of this training phase that you have created for a client or that you have created for yourself. So just because it's week six, week seven, don't just switch to another training block. If you're still progressing and you still have room for growth within that training block, then keep pushing another week or two. So I like to say seven weeks, eight weeks, because usually that's when I see a stopping point and someone might possibly need a deload or they might need a different type of stimulus as far as movement, pattern, tempo to help them continue to progress. So that's kind of like my gist when it comes to length of time and progressive overload, what it is. So we're going to talk a little more in depth um, when it comes to progressive overloads as far as ways of measurement. So a lot of times I see people only focus on this one tool of measurement and it drives me absolutely crazy. And I'm sorry if you do this, but I'm hoping to provide you with valuable information so you can continue to progress even more. So most most people just focus on progression in a way of intensity. Now, when I say intensity, that means the weight that's being lifted. So I see each, I see people each week go in and just try to lift heavier than they did the week before. And that's all they do. That is literally their only way of measuring their progressive overloading to measure if they are pushing themselves or not to see if they are actually, in fact, progressing is if they are lifting heavier weight. There are so many other things that we can look at when it comes to ways of measurements of progression. So of course, yes, intensity is one. That's the main one I see. That's the main one everyone focuses on intensity. So increasing the weight being lifted, adding weight week after week to movement patterns within that training block. Now, another thing, um, and I do see this one as well, it's just not as much of a focus for people, is actually increasing volume. So volume can be looked at in a few different ways. I think a lot of people think I'm increasing my volume, meaning I'm increasing the amount of reps that I am doing. Um, So they're keeping the same intensity, the same weight being lifted, but now they're able to do more reps, which is great. That's awesome. That is definitely a way to program in um, volume progression. But a lot of times people don't put in set progression. So volume can be in the way of reps, but it can also be in the way of sets. So actually making your workouts longer. So increasing volume through the amount of sets you're doing. So instead of doing three sets, four sets, let's do five sets now and keep the rep range the same. You can keep the rep range completely the same, but by adding actual sets to the movement pattern, you can keep that really heavy intensity, um, but add that volume in. So that's something that I think a lot of people, like we forget that we have to improve our um, muscular endurance. And that is a way of increasing our volume. So that's something that I also see. Another thing that I actually love this one and everyone hates it because it's not as fun is improving your range of motion. So this is absolutely a tool of progression is perfecting a movement pattern. Now I will tell you, I had a client that this was like our main focus for mm, a couple training blocks. Like that was our number one go-to progressive overload. It was not lifting with intensity. It was going through movement patterns and perfecting a movement pattern. And by that, that she was actually improving her range of motion. And it was crazy to see her progress from just improving that obviously she was progressing in the actual movement pattern, but it was amazing to see how her strength progressed. It was amazing to see how her actual muscle shape progressed just from focusing on her actual movement pattern. So it's extremely beneficial in so many ways. And I think it's just something that we don't focus in on enough. Like I know we all look at proper form, good technique but when you truly focus on trying to just improve that it makes a world of difference for your muscles how they respond how you can stimulate them it's something that i think each person should at least take one training block to zone in on like just focusing on your movement pattern not necessarily intensity not necessarily volume but just trying to improve that range of motion because it it makes such a huge difference Okay. Next one. This, this is one of the ones that I, I think this is fun. Um, so increasing time under tension. So this is actually improving tempo work and holds, whether that is within an exact movement pattern, or that could be adding resistance, such as resistance bands. So you're just playing with tension in different ways. Um, This is something, for example, you could do maybe holding in the bottom of a squat for two seconds instead of just doing that very split second at the bottom of a squat, focusing on holding it for two seconds, then standing. This is something that I also like to use um, what's called negatives, or you can focus on how long you're spending in the eccentric or concentric part of a movement. So these are all things that actually make it a little more challenging. I think if you keep the same intensity, same weight that you're lifting, but focus on tempo work, focus on holds, focus on adding a resistance band, it completely changes the movement and it's so challenging. And these are things that I honestly think are so fun. Of course, as a coach, it's so fun to program, but actually doing them, it's like they hurt so good and you love them, but you hate them at the same time. So focusing on increasing time under tension, at improving tempo work, focusing on adding more resistance to an actual movement. These are fun tools. They're very effective tools. And again, this is something that You can keep the same intensity, keep the same volume, but you're just throwing this into it. Um, And I like to do these for like three weeks. I like to keep in tempo work um, or up tempo work for like three weeks. Um, It's just a great tool to have. And it's something easy to do. Just add in a couple seconds here and there on some movements. Super easy. Um, okay, so next thing that I want to talk on and I, I honestly think this should be paired in with progressive overload, like teaching for every coach. So these are just like extra little bits that I focus on when it comes to progressive overloads um, for my clients. First thing, 100%, and this is something that someone told to me said to me a long time ago, and it just stuck with me. What is measured? is managed. If you're not measuring something, how can you manage it? How can you progress yourself if you don't know what the patterns are, what your progression has been week after week? And I know it sounds so silly for some people because they just think in their head, oh, I remember what I did last week or the week before, but do you really? Do you have a plan going in? This is something that I have all my ladies do. Of course, they work through an app, but Even if people have a cap, sometimes they don't do it for some reason, but write down the amount of sets you did, write down the amount of reps that you got each of those sets, and then write down the amount of weight that you lifted. If you are able to measure and record what you're doing, you can see how to or what to do to progress it the following week. Also with the amount of rest between your sets, that's something that you can use as a progressive tool is maybe decreasing the amount of rest that you have between certain sets. So keeping track of actually how much time you had between certain sets and actually timing yourself, that's something that blows my mind. People don't time themselves between movements, um, between different sets, even within the same movement pattern. So make sure you're writing things down because... We want to be able to measure it so we can manage it and make sure that we are progressing our bodies. What is measured is managed. Do not forget that. It sounds so simple, but write things down. Um, next thing that I think is huge. It, I feel like I said that for everything. I think is huge. Everything is huge. These are very important. things. Everyone should note all of these. Um, warm-up sets. Warm-up sets should progress. With your working sets, and if you're not doing warm up sets, what are you even doing? <laughs> like these warm up sets are meant to put our body in a position to be ready for impact, for the impact of heavy weight. Um, a lot of times, I see if people don't do warm up sets, the amount that they they're not reaching their full potential when it comes to the amount of weight that you can lift. But what I see more than anything, and honestly, I'm so guilty of this. There was a point in time where I did not keep track of my warm-up sets and I got very comfortable with my warm-up sets. So even though my working set weight was improving, it was increasing. For some reason, I kept my warm-up sets the exact same. I kept them on the numbers that I did a week ago. I kept them on numbers that I did with that movement pattern a year ago. It was just kind of, I knew where I put the pin in the stack, and that's where I did it every time when it came to my warm up sets. So, if your working sets are progressing in weight, your warm up set should be progressing in weight. And this is something that I also think is important to write down, at least for me, because I can be intentional about my working sets. I can remember what I did, but when it comes to my warm up sets, I don't necessarily remember what I did the week before. Some I can, if I can't jump up high and wait. I know there's only one weight I can do warm-up sets with. But if it's something that you don't feel you can remember, then write your warm-up sets down. And those should be improving as your working sets are improving. This is a very hard lesson that I learned for myself. But it truly did help me when it came to the actual working sets and feeling ready for them Filling set for them, which built my confidence and it allowed me to push a little bit heavier than I thought I would when it came to actual working sets. So those are things that I think are very important to note, but also, and this is something I could actually do a whole other podcast on, which I'll probably do, are deloads. So looking at possibly planning in your deloads, or like I said, I like to keep my training blocks, say, seven to eight weeks, six to eight weeks. And I know it's not a set number of weeks. I'm giving myself some wiggle room for a possible deload week. So having set, a lot of times I like to say in my mind, "Okay, this training block is probably going to be seven weeks, eight weeks for me but I might need a deload week. So I'm going to make sure that I give my time or that I give myself some wiggle room within there that I'm not set at just going to the next training block that I'm truly taking time to see how my body feels. And if I need to change things or add a deload week in there. Um, Next thing that I think is extremely helpful to focus on is planning planning for success. So planning your progressive overload. So a lot of times at the end of my workout week, I will sit down and look at what is the heaviest weight. um, Or depending on what tool you use, I'll just use intensity. What was my heaviest weight for this week? Okay, I'm gonna go ahead and put that in as my first working set weight for next week. So I sit down and look what was my my biggest accomplishment in intensity this week. Okay, that's what I'm going to start out with next week. I'm going to go ahead and set myself up for success because I know that I can hit this. And I know that if I start with this weight, I have room to increase. Now, we're not always going to be able to increase weight, increase reps. We're not always going to be able to progress each week. And that's okay. If we could do that, we would be so amazingly strong. And our muscles would be huge, but unfortunately it doesn't work that way. So don't get down on yourself if you can't progress each week. But this way you will at least set yourself up for possibly being able to. So set yourself up for success. Sit down, look at what weights you used or how many reps you got within the first two sets, and then go ahead and program that in for next week. Already set your reps, already set your weight. These are things that are, that's going to help you. Um, And it's going to allow you to push yourself. You're not just settling. I think even if you don't do that, you should still go back and look at what weights you did, but this way you're already know, you can just go in there, get your workout done, know how much you can push when it comes to intensity, volume, time under tension, and then try to move forward from there. Try to progress from there. So those are things that I like to focus on um, with progressive overloading. So that's something that my clients and I look at every single week. Did you record all of your information within your workouts? Did you go ahead and write down and give yourself a goal when it comes to your workouts? Some of them I go ahead and put in their top weight. Some of them like to do it themselves um, because sometimes we have weeks. We have poor sleep. We have high stress weeks and our ability to push heavy weight just isn't there. So some people like to put that in themselves based on their week and that's totally fine. But those are things that we very intentionally look at doing. Now, some last things here to wrap up the podcast of progressive overloading. I hope that you all got some great tools from this. Um one of my number one things and I think I mentioned it in the very beginning do not try to do multiple tools at once. I think a lot of these things are great tools to use. I think I've said the word tool like a million one times. These are great things to use to push past a sticking point. So if you can no longer progress with one You can move on to the next one. It's going to allow you, I think, to push a little bit harder within your training blocks. because when one's not working, we have so many other things to fall back on. So do not try to use them all at once. Focus on one thing at a time. When that no longer works, then pick your next one that you want to focus on and see if that can help you push past that little plateau or um, that stopping point that you might have. Now, the I feel like this is a given, but that's not necessarily always the case, unfortunately. Never compromise your form. We have, you know, there is such a thing as ego lifting, and I'm not going to lie. I was definitely a person that used to do a lot of ego lifting. I would go in there and push heavy weight. My form was probably not the best. But it was so appealing, and it's appealing for a lot of people to have increased sets, increased reps, increased weight but you never, never should compromise your form. You want to be able to control your weight. That in turn is going to allow you to truly progress. It's going to allow you to engage and stimulate muscles properly, which is going to make a world of difference when it comes to progression with your physique, with your strength, whatever it might be. Last thing, and again, this is something that we can probably go a little more in depth on on a whole new podcast, is proper Fuel. So you have to make sure that your nutrition intake meets your energy demands. Someone said that to me once upon a time, and I was like, ah, oh, duh, like light bulb clicked off. I don't know why I never thought of that. Like, I know it's very important to fuel ourselves properly, but as our energy demands change, as our goals change, more than likely our nutrition intake is going to need to change. They have to match. They are a partnership. It is like a beautiful marriage of nutrition and workouts. So we have to make sure that they go hand in hand. So properly fueling yourself. Again, that looks different for each person. So I can't give an exact what it needs to look at, look like. But if you're pushing for more goals, if you are pushing heavier energy demands, then this is something that we might need to look at increasing our nutrition or just making sure that it's at least in alignment with those main goals. It doesn't necessarily need to change, but let's just see if it matches those very specific goals. So proper fueling is huge. So with progressive overloads, I was told by a coach, if nothing changes, then nothing changes. If you're not changing anything with your workouts, if you're not trying to progress yourself within your workouts, nothing changes in your physique, nothing changes in your strength, nothing progresses with those things. So if nothing changes, nothing changes. Focus on some of the tools that I mentioned. Maybe that's just writing your workouts down and focusing on how you are actually progressing, making sure that you're measuring things Maybe that is sitting down, looking at your workouts for the week and then writing them for the following week, at least the first set, writing your rep goals, writing your actual weight goals for the week. So sitting down, setting yourself up for success the next week after that. And then if you are actually focusing on progressive overloads, which I encourage everyone to do, Look at what type of tool or what type of measurement you have been using week after week. Try to switch it up. Try something new. If you're doing multiple things, scale it back some and zone in on just one. And I think I kind of challenge you all in the beginning, look at focusing on just improving your movement pattern. Use that for one training block. See how your body responds to it. See how much you're able to progress. If you've already done that, then focus on using one of the other tools. So those are just some goal things that you all can sit down and try to do this week. You don't have to try to accomplish or hit everything within this podcast, but focus on picking at least one of those things that you can do to improve your progressive overloads. Thank you all for listening to today's episode. I hope that you thoroughly enjoyed today's topic there are plenty more to come if you all are interested in working one-on-one with me and gaining more information as it pertains to your very specific fitness journey there is a link in the pot in this episode description feel free to click on that and it'll take you through a quick little two-minute questionnaire just so i can better understand where you are within your journey Or you're always welcome to email me and you will find that in the podcast description section.